Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankvik. I'm Becca Merkel. We don't even know what's been keeping us apart. It's too much. There's a lot. There's a whole fog of things we've gotten through that we couldn't even begin to enumerate. But even I find that the days are being for me right now that I don't even have time to tell myself what it is that's making. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm not even finding the time to document it. I think if we could recognize the victories, that would take too long. So you have to just quickly. You're like, I lived through that. Lived yeah, through that. Yeah. Lived through that. Yeah. Got a child off to uh-huh. a semi-formal event today. Yeah. You know, quick. Starting for the last two weeks is where it begins. Where I looked at it from there out to basically the wedding. It was, I have at least one and up to three events per week to host. So I did, I got through two, two weeks ago, and then three last week, and I've got only one this week, but then three next week, but then the next week is going to be the blitz bomb of all, but it's all fun stuff. It's just that it is... Sorry, receiving text. Yeah, receiving the text. It's, It's all fun stuff. It's just that by the time you get through one, you cannot sit about and reflect on it you have to be <clears throat> no off to the Press races on, on the we next were one. layering things up by having um i should clarify after logos graduation i have two weeks before the wedding in which i don't have multiple events so i should not say till the wedding i should just say till the end of the school year anyways so go we ahead. have a couple um just interesting overlays of events but one of the funnier ones was luke being gone with the twins on their Northwest history trip. But then we had a high school track meet. Yeah. So on that day we had the ladies fellowship Easter brunch in the morning, but we were hosting Sabbath, but it was like, wait, when I get <laughs> home from the Easter brunch, it will be Blair, Shad and Mo and me. <laughs> and Just and not a full crew. It's not actually the whole squad that you need when when having a crisis of needing to pull yeah. dinner for 50 together. No. And so I had a friend came over and Gemma came over and that together, mm-hmm. the friend's mm-hmm. family came to Sabbath. So, but all I'm trying to say is that was good to have noticed in advance that I'm yeah. actually not pulling yeah. this off. I had a big event that was at my house that up till the evening before I hadn't shopped for the groceries I hadn't made the grocery list I was just coming off of whatever the previous event was and I came home and luckily the house was clean it was like I had gotten that pulled back together and it was probably about 5 o'clock and I had the dinner the next day and it was I don't know how many people is that 30 some people and I realized how much of everything clears up and feels like it is possible to survive if the house is clean and you have a few moments of quiet in which to sit down and marshal your thoughts Mm. and figure out what am I going to need to buy when will I buy it Uh uh-huh what order am I going to want to start these recipes in tomorrow? 
And it is amazing how much more in control you can feel if you sit down in a clean living room quietly with your computer. And I, it's like, <laughs> let me just compile some things. And then it was like, it was totally fine and totally doable. And you can definitely get into but, the um, yeah. breathless. I have to say the dinner that you did at our house when you were having Oh, vertigo. yeah, that <laughs> happened. That's, that's one of the, that's yeah. actually, that's just one of the things. <laughs> that's just one of the things. But I was going to say that I, I just should, noticed. We need to talk about that because that is should. the endless good did, story. But I did just notice that we had a real windstorm. Maybe that yeah. night? Yeah, I think so. And we like, because it was Sometime very, around it was a there. very weird windstorm because I was reading in bed and I yeah, like turned yeah. my light off and right, it just like came on out of nowhere there yeah. was no signs that we were about to have a windstorm and then yeah. kablam and then it, was it was upon a us thing. Yeah. well i think that we blanched the broccoli rob on the porch and oh yeah i think the box of broccoli rob blew away and i found <gasps> some pieces of it on the patio <laughs> like the broccoli the broccoli rob is is there's a few little clusters of the remaining oh, wow. broccoli we but wherever that wherever that palooks. leftover box of broccoli rob is it's like oh it's <laughs> and gone a, now it's in the same it amount. went to the same happy place that our patio chair cushion went <laughs> which might be troy <laughs> i was like it's in the top of a tree somewhere you would think you'd be able yeah. to like Dotted see with it, broccoli rob, but you can't see it. Yeah. You don't know where that is. That is amazing. I have good well, updates. The thing good is, up, Becca. Mm, oh no, yeah. you should tell about that. But I did want to give my because I get feedback from fellow bird watchers who listen. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. That the it's says official, Phoebe was a blue bird. I don't know the about that. The blue bird was a says Phoebe. <laughs> Neither of those things do I know, but the bluebirds have moved into our bluebird box. Oh, that is good. And they are, in fact getting very comfortable with us and getting closer around us and being very cute all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. We're making my long life goals of getting to feed bluebirds out of my hand. Yeah. It's I'm making yeah. progress. Good. Yeah. Good. It's you important keep us surprised that. of that. Mm-hmm. I will. No, I was going to say that one of the events that we sailed through was a dinner for the NSA sophomores that was at Rachel's house because I could not figure out how to fit them in my house. There was no chance they were all going to be able to sit down. So I took to the sister's home and we did it there. Mm-hmm. And that was a real mercy that the Lord had orchestrated in advance because I was having a horrible vertigo Shazam that day. It's important to and know. You have to tell the story. Yeah, I will. I'll rewind and tell it because it's excellent. The excellent story that work. got yeah, you there. The story that got <laughs> me there. But the point is, is that had it been at my house, I would have been hosed. Like, completely hosed. But because it was at Rachel's house, Rachel was there. Her kids were there. There was a crew to help us pull it out of the tank. And had it been at my house, it would have been too far in the tank to retrieve. <laughs> so... so Luckily, and then I was, I pulled it back enough together that the next few events could be in my house and that was all right. But, um, so this is what rewind now, like two weeks ish. I'm going along through my life. Happy, you know, healthy, no probs. Um, 
and then it was a Saturday and so um yeah this is like and now back up again from Saturday when I was happy and healthy <laughs> Jemima and Hero decided for reasons best known to themselves to sign up for soccer for the intramural soccer team for their hall so <laughs> they're like we will play soccer for Ashdown why not and one of the reasons why not is because they don't know how to play soccer but they <laughs> But they decided to do it anyway for, you know, fun. So uh-huh. they they sign up. They'd been going to practices. You know, they're they're being all diligent in the soccer world. Jemima's last experience with soccer was when we lived in England and she was probably seven years old and she went to a day camp that our church did, you know, <laughs> for football. So anyhow, um, they'd been going to practice and it was all fun. And... Uh, but both of them had been put in as, I don't even know what you call it in soccer. It's like middies, but they're not middies. Are they wings? Is that right? I don't you know. You know, you're asking the wrong person yeah. about so soccer. So anyway, you can tell we're really soccer fanatics. But the trick is, the thing you need to know is that they don't play soccer and they don't watch soccer. <laughs> so, so, so they, uh were put in as wings, I think, in practice, and they were told, essentially, just mirror what the other wing is doing. You know, like, just... just well, I think they... I feel like use they that said as that a, they were like, we don't know how to do this. Yeah, and they were like, just, just, like, just mirror just, the other one. You'll figure yeah, it it'll out. be fine. Yeah, yeah and, and both of them have played sports, so, I mean, they know the gist of things, but they don't know the gist of soccer. And But anyhow, so comes time for the first game and it's on a Saturday I went to pick them up afterwards and it was cold and it was blizzarding in the world it was like it was just kind of like snow swirling in the air but none sticking to the ground but that's that's where they're playing their soccer and I was like this is a miserable day to be doing this so I picked up a bunch of um, a big thing of hot chili and went and picked them up from the field. And <laughs> Jemima, you have to know, is looking peak because it's so cold. She's got on like leggings under those outrageous soccer socks over the shin guards. A boy on the team had lent her a pair of cleats that were a solid <laughs> like two inches too long. <laughs> And she has her shorts on over the leggings and then a hoodie sweatshirt cinched with the, like the hood up cinched tight around her face and tied because it was so cold trying to keep her head warm. So in that, with that look that you have in your mind's eye, uh, she and Hero got sent in for the first time because they're, you know, sort of not first stringers, but they get sent in uh, in the second half. Together. Together. And Jemima was like, and immediately the other team scores. Like, immediately. And she's like, and that was not our fault. That was not our failing that the other team scored. But the goalie (laughs) picks up the ball and throws it in, you know. And this has been going on for the game because, you know, when the goalie stops a goal, he picks it up, throws it in, they keep going. Jemima's like, I was channeling my my news from other sports like basketball when you score a basket you know you just take it to the edge throw it in you keep going 
So she'd seen that occurring so far in the soccer game. So the goalie like looks right at her and throws the ball <laughs> right to her. So she's like, oh no, because she said, I've been doing my best to get open, you know, because that's your job, but you don't want anyone to pass you the ball because yeah. if that happens, then you're, you're not stuck with it. For that, no. no. So, so she's like, well, he throws it just directly to me and I'm immediately like looking for anyone to pass the ball to. And she looks down the field. It's just open. It's just an open field. There's no person to pass it to. She's like, I'm going to have to run, I guess. <laughs> so she runs. She runs the ball. And she's busy. Oh, I forgot to say. I forgot to say. Because Jemima and Hero are putting together, both of whom are supposed to mirror the other one. And neither of them know what they're doing. So she runs. She goes down the she field. She takes the fast break. She takes the fast break. She's thinking, I'm doing good. I'm like, I'm controlling the ball. And I'm, but she's like, but it's, I'm not that fast. Like, someone should definitely have stolen it from me by now. Like, why do I still have the ball? And she can't slow down and she can't turn around because that might be... To ruin the fast break. So she's just sprinting down the field. Hero faithfully mirroring her. (laughs) And then she starts to really feel the pressure that this is wrong. Like somebody (laughs) should have taken it by now. So she begins to shout. What is happening? And then she finally just turns around and everyone's waiting on the center line. Laughing. Laughing, waiting to just begin play at the center line. But But she got a fast fast break out of it. A little, a little glory, a little. And Hero was like, Hero figured it out before Gemma because she didn't have the pressure of the ball. So she noticed and she's like, so I just kind of peeled off like, oh man, I wonder what Jemima's doing. Like, whoa. (laughs) And so anyhow, like that happened and Jemima was telling this story afterwards and I was just weeping. It was so hilarious. And she's telling this story. Well, she told me in the car I was dying. Then she's telling everybody else at home, I'm dying again, you know. So I'm standing in the kitchen listening to this tale, laughing my head off. And then suddenly I'm like, whoa, I'm dizzy. (laughs) And then I go lie down on the couch because I was like, this is weird. I've never done this before. I'm totally dizzy. And then like within 10 minutes, I'm like, absolutely crazy violently ill like so sick so dizzy it was just such a hot mess I ended up at the ER later that day and then it was a whole drama all week and I was trying to teach through it and you can't quite focus your eyes and it was a trippy week. Basically, that soccer incident was so funny. It I basically, back into the I basically blamed Jemima for it, but. Oh, my word. So then we had a couple of events to throw. And then had to live through her dinner party before we scattered the broccoli rob across the county. (laughs) 
Yeah, so Through the anyway, rainstorm. That was a great time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have wobbled my way mostly back out of it with only the occasional like, whoa, that didn't feel normal. Yeah. But, but it's all good now. But that was that was a week because uh, I had soup night that week and then we had the other yeah, event. And so luckily we had already scheduled to have it at Rachel's house. So she bailed me out completely and I stayed sitting down mostly the whole time. Except for she did. I'll tell you a secret. She's not very well behaved. She's when one has been in the ER with vertigo and one is clearly not well, but one also refuses to drink water when people try to make you refuse. I drink it. I drink it. A little sippy whippy and refuses to sit down over and over. We had to tell her to sit back. Rachel down. was getting bossy up in there. If you me ever need someone. To just hold the line and be bossy, I'm your person. It's my... I know. So there's a I, few spiritual gifts that I have. One of them is bossing... I don't boss Recalcitrant everyone. sisters. There's just occasional bossing Becca. That might be my spiritual well, gift. Or also yeah. another one is that I can yell loud. So yeah, you can. If you're... Yeah. I have some friends who, when we would be like at the park when our kids were little, realized that I'd be like, do you, do you need me? yelling him for you like yeah <laughs> not yelling i mean like yeah. trying to get their attention across a distance yeah, yeah. like well some of us are yeah. louder can than others i guess across. i can yell across the room yeah so i sat there trying to peel the backs off of the little name tag stickers but in a time when your eyes won't focus trying to peel the little backs off the little stickers is not the mm-hmm. easiest of tasks. So I felt like it took me approximately 12 times as long as it should have. That was basically what I got done that day. Was I peeled the back off the stickers. Oh, you know, uh, somebody had to do it. Somebody it had did. To happen. Someone did. And that someone turned out to be me. But we got through it. And that was one of the events. And there you go. And now hopefully the next event will not be done through a dizzy haze. That'd be cool. It would be cool. That'd be really... Great. Yeah. You can do that. Yep. 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 So I have some questions that have come up lately. And one of them I actually think is just, I don't feel like I'm bringing this up with a lot of answers. Okay. But I was talking, okay, there's two questions that sort of go together. One of them we got, I think we got both of us, or I got it to both of us, which was somebody who's been overseas missionary work of some kind but when they have come back home they're shocked at like how undisciplined the children in the church are okay the example was something like how different it is trying to teach a Sunday school class now compared to like where it's just like seeing the like since they left or compared to overseas no I I assumed it was since they left seeing a massive shift in expectations of discipline or behavior or Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. that has happened Um, and then the other one and this kind of goes along with it because I just saw a question I got this was actually about from the webinar and I didn't see it or didn't answer you know like however I just saw it later and this was someone who says what about If you realize you don't have the authority you ought to have in your kids' lives. Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit down the road now. It's not a baby. It's a Mm 10-year-old who is not being Mm -hmm. respectful or not being, you know, and that you've definitely let that happen. Right. And I was thinking about that because I actually think that that, while that is a trickier situation, it's also becoming 
a far more common one than yeah. people being really yeah. earnest to figure out how to start strong. Sure. Like, like there's a, because I yeah. think our world is really full of information about what to do with children. Yeah. So you could think that you're doing all the things like until you're actually seeing fruit that you know mm-hmm. is the wrong fruit. Right. You could think that you're doing. Yeah. Like I'm doing the things people told me to do. You know, I'm yeah. following the directions on the back of the box. Right. Kind of. And right. then all of a sudden I'm like, what am I making? Like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. And I was thinking those two things kind of go together because you know, it's like, what if it's your older children who are being the bad kids in the Sunday school? Or what do you do if you're a little down the road yeah. with not having... Uh, yeah, it's tricky. I was just running through in my mind. I just saw, and I was trying to think where it even was. But it was... There There can be, like you saying, you think you're doing the right things. There's a lot of advice that is like quoting Bible verses. Mm-hmm. It's seems quite biblical but it really is leaving out extremely pertinent and relevant commands Mm -hmm. because we've talked about this before you could patch together the bible telling you to do absolutely anything and this sort of classic cliche example is judas hanged judas hanged himself go thou and do likewise you could take two different Mm -hmm. verses and then you could make them say just anything that you Uh want much like a ransom note cut out of magazine letters you know Uh so I saw something that was like if you if your parenting is all about children obey your parents honor your parents instead of fathers don't provoke your children unto wrath then you're paying attention to the verses that don't apply to you And the thing is, is there's actually, there's a truth in there, which is, yes, you could be a suffocating parent who never pays attention to the commands to yourself and you're only interested in enforcing it downstream. And that would be really bad. But another command to you is to to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And to teach your children what God requires of them. Yeah, exactly. It means teaching your children that God told you to obey me. Like that is actually a very key component and while it is possible to do that other thing, yes, it's possible. If you just simply spend so much time focusing on your own issues that you don't ever nurture, teach them the nurture and admonition of the Lord, then like, I well, think it's also, you, there's a, you've overlooked one of your own commands. Right plus there. there's a, but plus there's a really weird element in that, which is that not provoking your children to wrath also would include not teaching them what God required of them. Like that is provoking mm-hmm. your children to wrath to never require obedience yeah. of them. It's a different kind of, yeah. it is a different kind of judgment on your children that you did mm-hmm. not. Yeah, add. absolutely. Do so, that. so I do think that like, yeah, there's a lot of advice. That's, I, I kind of went on that tangent in my mind. Cause you were saying people could no, start like, out. You could thinking, get a ways down the road yeah. before you think, something's wrong here. And when you think something's wrong here, that might be what first led you to more biblical teaching about what you should do with your children, which means that that then you're like, thanks a lot for telling me what I should do when I am starting with a blank slate. But like, I don't have a blank slate. What I have is what feels like the wreckage of bad teaching and bad decisions and maybe laziness and like, 
what were we doing And it, here? it's kind of like when you realize while you're <clears throat> kneading the dough that you forgot to put the salt in. Yeah, yes. And you're or, like, oh, I wonder how I can go back and incorporate can I fix this. That? Yeah, can is this I... a fixable situation? Right. And, and and I would say, like, I I would just like to say, really, I I don't have a preformed idea about this, but I would say it's not like like when you're when you come to in the middle of a situation where you're like, we have not been honoring God. Don't think that like you have to do a bunch of things to get to the blessing of God on your obedience because what you need to do is repent and begin right now and God's yeah. blessing will actually be with you as you seek to obey him in this and to not yeah. I think we've said this in other contexts someone just quoted it and I had forgotten about it about the disobedient your disobedient fat roll can be an obedient fat roll in, a, in all <laughs> yeah. it's just and it, yeah. it's that your your disobedient parenting situation can turn into an obedient parenting mm-hmm. situation in the work of repenting right yeah. like it, in the work of a moment the problem that you are in can be differently um but see the thing is you can like let's say that you had spent all morning actively pitting out your home just going around mm-hmm. dumping the flower the flower canister out all over mm-hmm. everything and you know drizzling some maple syrup here and there just you're you're just making a mess you could in a very short amount of a moment repent. change <laughs> repent stop and begin cleaning up the mess but it does not take a just merely an instant to get it picked back up but the trajectory is different now and that doesn't that part you can turn around mm-hmm. you know and now you're and being, also the you might still be in a mess in, but you're cleaning it up right and you can be in the blessing of god you can be you can be right yeah. with god yep. seeking to make right what you have put wrong yeah. while honoring god in that so it's not like you have to recover the entire situation and pretend it never happened yeah, before you exactly. can be right with god right you are right with god right now and then you have to like and this is the thing it's going to be walking by faith and praying about it and thinking about it and and thoughtfully pursuing your children if you have a 10 year old or a 12 year old who is uh not been disciplined for a long time that's a different ball game yeah where you're not you can't just go like treat them like they're a rebellious two-year-old you're gonna have to do a lot more talking with them praying with them Mm -hmm. i always tell people make sure you repent to your children for the things that you come to understand you wronged them in like if you realize i can't believe we never disciplined you as a baby like you you know as a child you should you need to get that right with them like you need to seek their forgiveness for the way that you did not do right by them because you want to and the thing is if they're still young enough and this is going to be so different for every situation but if they're still young enough where you can you can be like okay you know what we're going to start doing some things differently there's nothing wrong with that i mean think about every single year like if your kids are in school think about they go through first grade with one teacher and then they go to the next teacher who has mm-hmm. a whole different set this is you're going to learn to adapt to this whole different classroom and different expectations and different standards 
kids are totally able to do that. And if you are mm-hmm. just like, okay, we have been allowing this, but we're not going to allow this anymore. You might have a couple of, you know, big throwdown weeks or something, but you'll get there. If they're little enough, you can, you can just decide to implement a new sort of mm-hmm. standards around the house. And that's one of the reasons it's important that you actually be in the blessing of God, in fellowship with God, is that you need the endurance that yeah. only obedience can yeah. give you, which is yeah. to know that you're doing. But if they're a little bit older and they're old enough to be like, excuse me, why are you suddenly changing this? Yeah. Or then, they're too old for you to spank a child. You're not going to suddenly intro sure. that to someone. But I just mean if they're age. old enough to have questions, then you should be giving them answers, yes, which exactly. is that like, like, okay, you know what? Mm-hmm. We all need to work on some things. I'm going to be working on these, these things. Please forgive me for this. Mm-hmm. And we together are going to work on having a sweeter, mm-hmm. you know, and don't fellowship think- in this home. And so I'm, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what you're going to do. You know, like you can walk them all through the game plan and work on it together more as a team. Because I think if you come in it, as an adversarial thing, totally, it's going to just bomb. Uh, and especially because, sorry, I just saw the time and I'm like, wait a minute. I need Luke to pick Titus up at lacrosse. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's all right. Well, we could drive to get him if we need. We could, but I, if Luke's not here, he's not here right now, so he should be coming. He's probably coming this way. Um. Anyways, sorry about that little interlude. Yeah, but I think if you launch it with, as especially with an older child in an adversarial way, you need to feel. And this is the thing I really feel about older children all the time. Anyways, is that you need to be leveling them up. All the time and, and leveling them up in understanding why you care about some things. Mm -hmm. What? So all the time now with my teenage children, the things that we're talking about is because of how I want them to interact as adults. Yeah. Like all the time, the, the vision that we're working on is you need to be able to deal. Like it's not about just right now, what would be best for me, if you would, like yeah. you, you're not just, you're basically saying in the future, when you're on your own to deal with these things, this is what I want you to be doing. And a big part of the leveling kids up is even telling them why, like, say you see some troubling tendency in one of your kids mm-hmm. and you're like, I I mean, just, I don't know, lack of self-control or laziness or sure. something. Don't protect them from the reasons why you want them to like, you want to be giving your children a positive vision of why this work matters of trying to be faithful, trying to work hard, trying to be, you know, like you don't want to, it's not just because you have some cute thing on the wall that says in this house, we love hard and forgive quickly or whatever it's that's not the ultimate vision the ultimate vision is that living like christians in and they need to understand why you're trying to shape their behavior because i think if you say come on don't you you know like whatever Mm -hmm. get up off of that couch you need to be disciplined young man yeah that's 
That's not, got nothing going for it. That's not going to be him thinking like, oh, yes, what I need is to be more disciplined. What I wish I could be is more like my yeah, mother. But if you could, could be like, okay, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, like... This is why it Let's matters look at that the we fruit. be self-disciplined. Let's look at the fruit of this and, lifestyle. Yeah. Look at the fruit of the way we want you to be. Right. What kind of freedom we want you to but, have. What but kind you of... talk to them as a person who is on their team, not as the referee who really loves calling penalties. Yes, and it's our vision. Our vision yeah. for your life. This is what we want. And, I, and that all of it is <clears throat> shaping them towards and I will say this is a big deal like with daughters and modesty and things mm-hmm. that penalty calling antagonism is not what you want no like what you want is the let's talk about this is this what we want to be doing let's like where mm-hmm. we all care together about the same Mm-hmm. vision for something and there's no antagonism in those discussions of I think that this skirt got too short for you lately yeah it's like oh let's figure that out you know like it's yeah. not a big deal anymore and it and it removes what many people get into with teenagers which is the combatant um preteens and teenagers yeah the combatant parents versus yeah. the kids and the just you don't want that kind of thing but yeah. I think it really comes from I guess coming alongside talking about it, talking about why we care about it, talking about yeah. the blessing of God in your life when you see um the you know like I think there comes a time when you really need your kids to know that these sins that you're working with them on now getting rooting out and dealing with are the things that grow up and destroy lives. Yeah. Like yeah. this is not it's <clears> not <throat> just because you're breaking a house rule. This is a devastating path to be walking. And this, okay, this reminds me of a conversation I was having with some friends only, only today. And this is one of my most frequently, um, I feel like it's one of the most frequently asked questions that I get. And I, and probably maybe we both get this one. I wouldn't be surprised if we do on the podcast is just kind of like, what do you do if you don't have a good sense of humor, but you know that you're taking everything too seriously and that you're never seeing things as funny that are funny oh. and that you're aware of that, sh- that uh-huh. shortfall okay. in your own life. Like okay. that everything. And I mean by that, like say you're a mom with a bunch of little kids at home and you know, the kind of comedy of error, like you're blindingly tired, yeah. the chaos, the sorts of incidents that can be a crowning glory in those times when right. you are really fried and amazing things can happen. Yeah. And you know the temptation to just take it all like it's a like it's not a farce, you know, which it totally yeah. is. Yeah. But to take it all very personally <clears throat> and very heavy and very Yeah. It's a long face. It's a melodrama. And dreary. Yeah. Yes. And if I was ever going to tell anyone about this, it would be because would of be my weeping and because of my melodrama. agony. It would never be because I was like, well, okay, let's just retrace our steps and say Becca was in the ER with vertigo, <laughs> but good news, it's still really funny that Jemima ran the oh, wrong way in the God. soccer game. I mean, you have, and I know Luke's always told our kids this, that like sometimes we get to laugh at a joke yeah. that happens. Sometimes we are the joke. Yeah, and he's exactly. like, and when we are the joke, 
you want to be good at laughing with God when you are the joke. Like, when mm-hmm. it just is, mm-hmm. uh, like, oh, yeah. my word. What am I, what am I yeah. dealing with? Okay, so. Sometimes that's that's purely a matter of, well, how mm-hmm. cliche is it to say it's a matter of perspective. But what it, what I mean by that is, like, there are actual tragedies in the world. And it's not funny. Like it's, no. it's something that will be put right in the resurrection. But until then, and we're certainly not proposing broken. you should be snorting no. and giggling about but, those. But things. like if actually what happened was a mess in your living room, that is not the sort of thing that cannot be put right until glory. It's not the kind of thing that breaks homes, you know, and wrecks lives. It's when you realize that like, okay, if at you the put, end if of the you day, put cayenne in your cinnamon rolls instead of cinnamon, yeah, yeah. that's just a funny story. It's funny. And so the thing is, is it's not blowing little things into the proportion of big things because it's almost like there's no vocabulary left when there is a tragedy. Yeah. You know, it's like you have already used up all of the pathos that you are allotted and it was over not having cute clothes for spring or having to wear the same Mm -hmm. Easter dress as last year or somebody came over when there was laundry all over the floor and your and your hair wasn't fixed and it's like you know what those are the kinds of things that you have to be able to look at and laugh instead of look at and cry like those are Mm -hmm. the things and sometimes you like in the moment you do cry because whatever it is is real painful but as soon as you pull out of it for a second you can look back and see like oh yes I do see the funny side of that it's like it's like hearing guys talk about their injuries after the fact mm-hmm. now they didn't have to be laughing their heads off at the moment that it happened but they do like to laugh about it afterwards and it's it's that sort of thing and, and nobody does that with genuine tragedy and so mm-hmm. I think it's just not not acting like the inconveniences and ludicrous updates of life; those are not the same thing That's not as the actual same thing tragedy. As a real top shelf, and problem, you don't yeah. you don't want to like actually belittle the real tragedies, right? By and acting like these other things and that's are one of the things about like that. Just because like children are a blessing, that doesn't mean that there's no burden with it. it doesn't mean there's no weight to carry and no mm-hmm. genuine mm-hmm. struggle. But we know objectively it's a blessing. Yeah. And all that struggle has to be in the context of the fact that this is a blessing. Like, and this is a blessing in so many different directions and in so many different ways. That the, that the hilarity of the times that people are vomiting or... I mean, there's been a lot of things that we've all lived through. Yeah. I, well, and I, and I will also say that... Like, let's say that you had a delightful morning, you know, in a clean house, like me, that one moment. That one time. That one time that I had a clean house and I, in a quiet moment to sit down and get some real planning done and it was good. Are you ever going to be able to look back on that as a real funny tale? No. It's like, no. In fact, in order to be a funny tale... You have to have some measure of pain. There has you know? to be some kind of there a struggle. There has to be something. Embarrassment yeah. or or actual pain or discomfort or whatever it is. Because how else could you have a funny story? 
Like, you know, it's not funny. <laughs> it's incredibly boring. Like, you if have to have your some measure of that. Are nicely filled and labeled. What is there to laugh at? Nothing. You know, no, it's true, though, that there has to be, there has to be some tumult to have it be, in a, yeah. like, for it to be yeah. funny. Okay, but this, this connects with the thing. So what we were talking about specifically, my friends, was the long faces of people who, for instance, now having, I mean, this is a trail of discussion, but having grown children who are not walking with the Lord or older children who are not walking with the Lord. Which actually is a tragedy. Which is a tragedy. But that there's an element of that, that even though there's a very real grief, and I would never, ever want to belittle that grief or talk like that should not be something that you are coming to the Lord with all the time, right? At the same time, there's a way in which the long face and the dreariness and the heaviness and the, like, I'm talking about like a weepiness all the time, like for years, you know what I mean? Like not, I'm not talking about a a cute moment, but something that's been ongoing for a long time. That oftentimes it's like children's memories we know that's from positive things. Children's memories, it like always makes a caricature of the past. Yeah. So like, that's the thing that like my kids will say things like, Oh, we always used to. And you're like, yeah. surely not. Like, I, I yeah. don't think we always used to do that or how they still firmly believe that I was regularly dumpster diving on Sundays after church, which just frankly has not <laughs> happened, but there was, <laughs> yeah. but it was, it happened when there was furniture right by the dumpster on our way home from church yeah. that I was like, no, stop, let me grab yeah. this. And, and that embedded itself into their mind. Yeah. They're not lying when they're saying that. Yeah. It seems genuine to them that mom was perpetually dumpster diving after yeah. church, yeah. which is hilarious to me. But all this is to say you, your memory makes a caricature. Yeah. And if you have a caricature of your your childhood and your family life being oppressing and a burden of something. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at your grown mother now who is going right along with that caricature. Yeah. If, if she was living the joy of the Lord, it would probably remind them of a lot of other things in their childhood that are actually very, counter the narrative that they have going. And I think of that, I don't think that this is a tendency in all pockets of the church, but I do think that there is a deep vein of that introspective journaling, heavily, heavy hearted. This is all about lament. This is all about weeping. This is all about, and and it's amazing because while it's a very real, awful grief to have a child who's not walking with the Lord, you're you're actually doing more like what would they want to come home to if they're a prodigal yeah like it's like in the prodigal son story he knew there was good food at home yeah like he knew there was shelter and all of that he knew that it was a happy time at home and it wasn't like going back to tell your dad he could get out of his self-imposed pig pen yeah that he's been in like he's still living joyfully and i just think that that caricature issue is actually pretty real. Interesting. And I think 
this is, I mean, this is very, we were talking about a specific situation, so I'm not trying to say this applies to everyone, but it's an interesting thought to me is that when there is a heavy grief like that in your life, when there is a thing mm-hmm. that is weighing you down and that is an ongoing grief, you're still called to rejoice in the Lord always. And what you yeah. need to do is give that burden to God yeah. over and over and over and spend your time in prayer, give it to God and then don't act like you like act like you trust God with that right. and that you're not actually going to go carry it around with your long face. Yeah. Always, but rather yeah. actively trust God. I see her blueberry blue blueberries. My blueberries. There were two bluebirds. I don't think I've ever seen one up close. Yeah, they're okay. That was fun. They stay it's probably cuz it's getting You saw two of them right Yeah. There. Yeah, well, at least yeah. one was blue, but he was You should with back a up over there because right, it just went right there. See, guys, this is turning into a whole bird watch scenario. Yeah, they are, the, and I'm really glad that you're seeing how cute they are. Yeah, they're very cute. See, he's over on that little pole yeah, in the garden now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no, I think that that's very true, but obviously, I think each one of these situations would be so different from another yeah, that yeah. there's no one size except fits that all. it's very common somebody <clears throat> mentioned and it's just very common for the prodigal child to say things that are radical caricatures of what like every like you know their parents never believed that mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like nobody ever told yeah. you that yeah you know like nobody yeah, yeah. ever believed that but you're still going around Okay, where's the where's the passage about when they slander you as evildoers, sort of like even they will be ashamed because your good works are so mm-hmm. obviously counter. And that's, I think, what I mean is that if you're the long-faced, sad town, grieving, heavy, yeah. weepy parents of a prodigal child, then when they say it was awful growing or up in that it was always home, emotionally it guilty. Was, it was always guiltiness. Then everyone could look at that and be like, I see how that is. Right. You know, like, I see that. Right. But you would want it to be that they'd be like, it was horrible growing up in that home. And everybody look at it and see, mm, can't go with you there. It looks yeah. like a really lovely place to be. Right. And obviously, you want it to be genuinely lovely and not just for the packaging. You know, because there are plenty of, there are plenty of times when it really was bad behind closed doors and then it was very sweet on the outside so you want it to to be genuine all the way through but and if it wasn't if if it really wasn't and if there's some truth to it it was a dark sea of darkness in the house and nobody knew it then it's like well today's a great time to repent and change and to seek their forgiveness for whatever but okay tying a few things together and then we should wrap it up yeah we gotta go when we were talking about this, one of the biggest things is moms, when well, no, we've referred to this before, but moms using their emotions to try to control, especially sons, especially yep. like, I think girls just maybe are more easily know, controlled by it, <laughs> or maybe they're more natural at it or, or like they also yeah. do it back. I don't maybe. know what happens, but mothers trying to control their sons with their own emotions. And, and that is just fatal. But one of the things that I have hear from people pretty regularly who message me their little crisis with their children, you know, like somebody's mm-hmm. being very bad. And all the time it is like we teach them the catechism, we read the Bible to them, we pray with them, 
and they don't watch very much TV. And my daughter was yelling, I hate you Mm -hmm. at me tonight. And I, it was like, and we wept and we wept and we pleaded with her to do whatever. And I'm like, see, this to me is just, yeah, this is a fatal move because as much as your child can occasionally shock you with something that they pop off with, the fatal move is to give them the sense of success and power. That is the thing, is that they will feel the power of the driver's yes, seat. like I said that and she crumbled. Like, and then, yeah. And then you give it to them. You give them the whole, like, and to plead with them. And instead of saying, oh, you know what? You are not allowed to talk like that. Like, not yeah. only is that disrespectful, but you're lying. You don't hate me. And just don't... Like, don't be the emotional, do you know how that made me feel? And I'm devastated. Not and I emotional can't in any it. direction because you could get mad oh, and yeah, respond in anger emotionally. You hurt. Could, you could be hurt. You could be wounded. You could be sad. You could be tragic. Whatever be it is, things. you're saying you're the boss now because you yeah. have found, you have found the magic key code to mm-hmm. how you undo everything and mm-hmm. make your mother. And if you give the power to them there. They will remember it for future times when they need to have oh, whenever, some power. Whenever they're feeling like it's time to shake out a power, they yeah. will do it for yeah. that. Like there's, yeah. it is it is a weird, perverse kind of rewarding that behavior. You just have to realize and that they don't have to be thinking that sinisterly. It's no, like they don't. Just finding out that that worked, that hurt yeah. them, that gave me. Mm-hmm. Like that gave me the mm-hmm. upper hand and you yeah. just really don't want to do that. But the reason I bring that up is that I think sometimes, and obviously there's a zillion variables and so many things that could be different, but sometimes the prodigal relationship is very much that dynamic between a mother yeah. and a son. It is very much the dynamic of, I have found the power and if I have the power yeah. To make everyone else miserable. Yeah. And I have this power just yeah. by saying I don't believe or I don't yeah. whatever. I think it is it is just really does mothers a lot of good to keep your emotional reactions out of it and to keep from trying to control your sons yeah. with your emotions. Yeah, absolutely. There's a whole lot of assorted content. Yeah, we really... Uh, we range far yeah. and bride, wide. I don't know. Far and bride. We, it, we always struggle after the fact to summarize it when we send the recording in. It's like, so... Do you remember what we talked about? Mm-hmm. What did we talk about? Bluebirds. Yeah, that's basically it. Basically, the one thing we covered mm-hmm. was bluebirds. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Anyways, do you have a tip, Becca? You know, I was just rummaging through my mind because I, as I pulled up here, I did have one. What was it? But I, that's my problem. It's gone. It's, I don't know what I was going to say. Shoot back. Yeah, that wasn't helpful at all. My tip was not good, guys. Well, that's. It's non-existent. It's that bad. Mm. (laughs) Did I already tell everyone to do peasant bread on the podcast? The, the one in the bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. Oh, you know what I told? No. You made fun. Then we deleted the episode. Not for this reason. I just, I don't think I ever it was actually. probably the pressure canner episode. Mm, I think it was earlier. I think it was an earlier castaway episode, but. Okay. I ordered a silk pillowcase. 
I think you got that. I don't think I did. I think I think we just threw that out. And I am a fan of the silk pillowcase. I am a thorough fan, in fact, huh. of the silk pillowcase. And if I am repeating myself, everyone, I'm sorry about it. Just bear with. But the waking up with a pillow crease now in my life, it does not shake out the way it did once when <laughs> I was maybe 13 years old. You know, where you have springy, <laughs> springy skin that just doesn't, Pillowca- you know. Pillow crease for days. A pillow crease Which, just... can we really bring up pillow creases without the dad joke? <laughs> Our dad's dad joke? Which is always, yeah. have you heard about the new corduroy pillows? They're making headlines. Yeah, it's a good one. Har, har, har. Hardy, hard. But this is the problem, is that, and and the other problem, yeah, I just, I sleep like a car crash where I don't think I move all night. I start off in the position that I laid down in. Becca's telling the truth about herself. And then I don't budge. In in the dark times, sometimes she sleeps like this when she doesn't, hasn't gone to bed yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the problem is, is let's say that you inadvertently lay down upon a wrinkle in your pillowcase. Well, that'll be it. It's going to be with you until the early afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, that's the whole thing with this silk pillowcase is that it, like, it just doesn't, it just flat won't give you pillow creases. I don't struggle and with the pillow crease. You know what else? You know, though? I think it's probably because I move around more yeah, probably. than I, and yeah. I don't press my face no. down into the and pillow. And I always, since I always sleep on my left side, then basically it's just the left side of my <laughs> face. But it is also just very nice to sleep on. I am like, it's, this is silly. I'm know, like but... giving this a real push right now. I just bought okay. one off of Amazon. It wasn't like a... Good to know. One. Good but to know. That's my tip, you guys. Is that it's a bag is full of yeah, hot full tips. of a news about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what's yours? Um, I I don't know. I don't got one. <laughs> I should have consulted myself before now to yeah. think of one. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. In the time since we last podcast, I've probably come up with thousands, probably, yeah, thousands probably of hot so. tips. Yeah. But I can't remember. Alas, them. they're lost to us. I don't know what those are. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, guys. Until well, next it's been time. Real. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of What Have You. If you haven't yet, check out the trailer for Becca's new documentary, Eve in Exile The Restoration of Femininity. Available May 6th only on Canon Plus. Just click the link in the show notes to watch the trailer now.